This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. My fellow Americans, this is Ronald Reagan your former president of the United States. I'm here to talk about my new favorite podcast, Dude Looks Like the 80s. That's right. Nancy and I are very excited about uh, about the 80s. We, we were uh, in the White House from 80 to 88, and, and uh, a lot of great movies, a lot of great music, a lot of great history in the 80s there, you know. We tore down that wall. Yes, we did. We we uh, rocked out with some uh, Falco, uh, jumped around on our, our pogo balls, and uh, wore our jams shorts. And it was just a good time there in the White House. And this show is, it reminds me a lot of the great times we had back there. So without further ado, dude looks like the 80s. Thank you. Hello everybody out there and welcome to the very first episode of Dude Looks Like the 80s. And man... This is going to be so exciting, so much fun. If you're an 80s fan, this is the show for you. We're going to try to capture the sounds, the sights, even the smells of the 80s for you. And uh, I was telling these guys earlier when we put this together, it's like I got to build a sandbox and, and pick my team players that I wanted to play with. So this is just going to be a whole lot of fun. We all absolutely love the 80s and just want to really reminisce and talk about all the cool stuff, uh, the places we hung out, the movies we watched, the music we listened to 
It's the building blocks of our lives, people. So we're all excited about that. So if you don't know who I am, I'm Rick Morgan, uh, a host of a couple of shows on Legion Podcast, uh, Hell Ming Power Hour, and then I got another show called Short Bus Cinema. But I'm super excited about putting this together because this is uh, this is me, man. I, I am the 80s. And uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Also joining me, uh, we've got... Just an incredible ensemble of folks here. And first, I'm going to introduce to you Mr. Brian Sammons. What's up, what's up, what's up? How's it going? Awesome, man. (laughs) Happy to be here and glad for the invite. Yeah, man. Uh, So it was just exciting to kind of get this thing going and get you involved. Give us a little background on some shows you're doing, man, and and kind of how this... Uh, led you down the road of wanting to do an 80s podcast. I'm one of the co-hosts of Evil Episodes, where we look at horror on TV. And one of my favorites of that specific genre is made-for-TV movies. Oh, yeah. That were awesome in the 80s and now are dead. (laughs) I'm also one of the co-hosts of the ABCs of Hidden Horror, where we take a look at lesser-known horror films that most people... You know, kind of overlook or maybe never even heard of when you try to bring them to others' attention. And, surprise, surprise, a lot of those come from the 80s. That's definitely my wheelhouse. I'm a child of the 80s, so in my personal opinion, uh, that decade is the best decade for movies. It's the best decade for music. Shut Um, your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's the best for literature, but it's way up there. For me, it was the best because that's that's when I started reading books for fun rather than just schoolwork. Those are three very important avenues of my life, and they all go back to the 80s. Super excited that you're here, man. For sure. Well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and along with Brian, am I supposed to say better half or the best half? Or she is. Okay. We have with us the one and only Jamie Sammons. What's up, gal? Hi, honey. I am so happy to be here. I can't even stand it. This is, I, I don't know, this is something I've never done before. A topic I've never broached. Of course, on Cinema Beef, we do movies from all over, all genres, mm-hmm. all years, but something that allows me to focus specifically on the 80s, which I am also a child of the 80s. I also love it. I have some fantastic memories from there. So, I, when you, I'm so speechless. <laughs> when you brought this up, I which jumped never all over <laughs> I jumped all over it. Uh, of course, I do numerous podcasts, most of them focusing on the horror genre, and that's if people know me, that's likely where they know me from. Things like Devour the Podcast, The Skeleton Crew, ABCs of Hidden Horror with Brian, Evil Episodes with Brian, and that's my thing. Horror is my thing, but this is going to allow me to dig in and do something different, so I'm excited. So if we do a 80s werewolf episode, you're cool with that? Uh, yeah, because oh, wow. <laughs> some of the best werewolf movies ever were from the 80s, and thank you that I also do sort of liken it, my very own show, which is specifically werewolves. Yep. There you go. And along with us, a fellow that I've just met in the past, I don't know, four or five months. We made contact on, I believe, Twitter. Um, he was checking out our show. He kind of responded, and lo and behold, he had a show called Scary Dad, and... I fell in love with the show. It's fantastic. We've started talking to each other. We've talked about getting on each other's shows. I know he's a big 80s fan. 
So it just seemed logical to to bring him in and get him involved. Uh, Just a super cool guy. Billy Stewart, man, what's happening, brother? What's going on? What's going on? Billy Stewart, I'm uh, one half of the uh, Scary Dad podcast. A little just love project, you know, two dudes to just... We're, we, we both got kids and we both like horror movies and we both can't watch horror movies because we got kids around. So uh, we sit around and just wax nostalgic about when it when we used to be able to sit around and watch horror movies and uh, dig into scary things. So um, start started there and we're coming up on a year now, so we're we're pretty excited. And then you know I'm a I'm a I'm a podcaster I make a show you know and but I've I listened to a lot of shows and I, I remember finding Hail Ming and and you know loading it up and being like I'm not sure what this is about and then driving around and laughing so hard that my stomach hurt and I like reached out to Scott he's he's my uh, partner on Scary Dad and was like dude you have got to do stop whatever you're doing download this and listen it's hilarious and uh so we've been like super fans ever since so it's a real big honor to be you know invited by rick to to jump in and talk about some of our favorite things you've already seen kind of you pulled the curtain back a little bit yes we are all horror fans we all have shows that deal with horror stuff because again of the 80s so just like we were saying earlier it was such a time of of just over excess. Everything was bigger and better, and a lot of horror movies came out in this period. I mean, when you went to the video store, you stood and looked at all the videotapes in the horror section, and we are those kids. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. And uh, but you would catch us over looking at you know the Footloose Owl and all that stuff too. So <laughs> that's what I like about this because the the horror stuff we all know it backwards and forwards, but. To get a chance, like Jamie was saying, to talk about something different. It's hard to believe there's not really any, maybe three or four 80s podcasts that I've even found that's even out there that's legitimately about the 80s. So uh, that was kind of the the whole point. I started the Facebook page, and out of that, just uh, people just really enjoying it and getting involved. So yeah, the next step, and you know, the word of mouth was getting around was, hey, we need a podcast to go along with this. So bang, here we are, folks. <laughs> to knock down that wall and bring you the 80s just like Ronald Reagan said we knocked we tore down that wall didn't that did, did, did that wall come down in in the 80s i'm just i'm never mind we'll we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he said that, it in the that, 80s that's a whole other podcast right i'm joking <laughs> right <laughs> so right now we're going to take a short break and let you go back into the awesome 80s be back in a second folks 80s flashback. 80s flashback. It's totally 1981. Give me a break, I sure deserve it. It's time I made it to the top. Give me a break, I'm looking for it. Get behind me, pull out every star. Pretending to let them get the best of me. Oh, 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 give me the break. 
Scott is trying a new gel, Colgate Winter Fresh Gel. Hey, what a super-looking gel! Mmm! Let me try! What a cool taste! Let me try! Mom! Introducing new Colgate Winter Fresh Gel, a creamy blue gel packed with proven MFP fluoride, the maximum fluoride protection a toothpaste can give. Scott, it's good for both of you. Want some? days of yore in western lore a man returned from civil war his heart beat pure beneath his best his name was best best of the world but not alone did he come home his newfound bride was at his side and with his boy who did protest they all came west and off they rode, this family, this family, and man and wife, his boy makes three, it's through their deeds, this land progressed, hooray for best, best of the West. your holiday a season to remember join a team of romantic adventurers in a race for lost treasure from the jungles of peru to the streets of cairo from the greed of the pharaohs to the wrath of god this holiday see the number one movie hit of the year raiders of the lost ark hello everybody this is former heavyweight champion of the world mike tyson and you're listening to Dude Looks Like the 80s, my favorite podcast in the world. Ha! And now, here's Billy with this week's in 80s history. All right, let's get right to it. This week in 80s history, we had a very, very important thing not happen, and it's a really, really good thing that it didn't. Uh, September 18th and 19th of 1980, it's called the Damascus Titan Missile Explosion. And like something out of a uh, Saturday Night Live spoof movie or a cartoon, someone literally dropped a wrench that fell 80 feet and ruptured the fuel tank of of this uh, nuclear missile, and it filled the silo with explosive gas. On September 19th, the gas exploded, and the explosion launched the warhead out of the silo, but thank God it did not explode. Instead, it landed in a ditch outside the compound. Now this was a nine megaton bomb that had it gone off would have taken most of Arkansas off the map. So let's get into some more fun stuff. This The number one song this week in 1981 was Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Um, September 19th of 1981, Simon and Garfunkel performed their concert in Central Park. Uh, their mellow folk rock, big fan of Simon and Garfunkel, always have been. Wish I could have been there. Um, I was six years old. My folks weren't going to take me to, to New York to watch a show. 1983, Kiss appears officially without makeup. They played played a show without makeup. I guess that was a really, really big deal if you were a Kiss fan. I assume that anybody who wears makeup eventually has to take it off. And, you know, somebody had seen them without makeup before. But what do I know? 1986 this week, uh, Cliff Burton, Metallica's uh, bass player, was killed in a bus accident. 
um, bus rolled over on top of him and crushed him after it hit some black ice on the freeway in the middle of the night. And Metallica was never the same. Alright, and if you were going to the movies in the 1980s, you were going to go hit up the movies this week, here's what just released. 1981, Mommy Dearest. 1983, Revenge of the Ninja, Eddie and the Cruisers, and The Big Chill. 1984 brought us Ninja 3, The Domination, and Amadeus. 1985, the Chuck Norris classic, Invasion USA. 1986, we would have gone to see Crocodile Dundee. 1987, Fatal Attraction, Hellraiser, and The Princess Bride. 1988, Dead Ringers, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And in 1989, the John Claude Van Damme classic, Kickboxer. And that's it. Let's get out of the history and go back in time and talk about some fun stuff from the 80s.
right, and welcome back to Dude Looks Like the 80s. So yeah, let's let's kind of get started here. Let's talk about just some things that we recollect back in the day, because we were talking a little bit before, before we got on air about some of this stuff. And uh, just kind of a background of what it was like, you know. So I come from a little small town, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, just where people hung out, you know. So uh, Brian... We grew up, you know, where did you, where did you guys hang out? What was the cool spot for the cool kids? Well, um, part of the 80s, I was down in Warren, Michigan. Uh, you've seen the movie 8 Mile, oh, yeah. Eminem's movie? Well, that was my neighborhood. I went to school with Eminem. Wow. Um, getting into my teenage years, like uh, right away, perhaps 12 or 13, I forget exactly which, we moved out to a little suburb called Clinton Township and uh, that was just like suburbia on you know steroids everything was a little manufactured houses perfectly cut lawns you know it's it's every movie cliche you see now of people come out hi neighbor <laughs> that was that life um, when I was there uh, we had two things that we would do for fun one was, across from where I lived, was a large cemetery. We used that as our playground. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> we never did anything too destructive. We never disrespected the dead, but there was no nothing else to do, really. So we'd go there and hang out in the graveyard all the time. Sometimes the cops would come, we'd have to run, but, uh... For the most part, we just kept to ourselves. <laughs> so hanging out in the graveyard, no wonder you're a horror fan. <laughs> yeah, it kind of explains a lot. Um, the second thing is about four or five miles away was Lakeside Mall. And that place was our mecca. Uh, we would head up there all the time, anytime we could. And there was always different, like, strata of kids in the yeah. mall. Um, it wasn't just one type of kids. It wasn't just, you know, that's where the jocks go, so we ain't going there or anything. It was a mixing yeah. pot. Um, when I was a kid and when I was in high school, I was a metalhead. Um, weird, but I was the only metalhead in, like, the honor roll society. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Every time they'd come in and take our pictures for the honor roll, everybody looked all prim and proper, and there I was with my long hair, you know, trying to look as wicked as possible. <laughs> but, uh, again, that's where everybody went, and it was almost like a melting pot or, like, neutral ground. If you had any beefs in school, you left them at the door. You'd just hang out with your friends, and you'd see other people there, and you go, Hey, what's up? You know, what are you doing? Okay, cool. <laughs> There was an arcade, there was a movie theater, there was a food court. It's all you could ever yeah. need. The mall life. And, uh, yeah. oh yeah, it was beautiful. It's something, well, I'm an old man now, so I wouldn't be doing that. But, uh, I think kids today are missing out on that. They're missing out on so many things that was awesome and epic, uh, when I was a kid. And that's why I'm glad we have this show so we can talk about them, because... I do put on nostalgia glasses from time to time and look back through the Wayback Machine and get all weepy-eyed. 
And that's great because I think a problem that we have, because we have grown up and you go back and you watch these, it's hard to deliver the impact these things had, you know, to another generation because they're having the same kind of influences with the stuff now. So it's kind of hard to share that. Yeah. I think we're making a mistake when we don't look back on this stuff through the nostalgia glasses because that's what this is. Like I said, it's kind of like the building blocks of who we are. Uh, the things you like now are because of what you liked back then. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, again, another reason of why I wanted to put something like this, this together because you can't even really explain mall life anymore. <laughs> no, you, know? you can't. You had to have yeah. been there. And another thing you can't explain, you had mentioned earlier, and it was such a integral part of my being uh video stores oh yes specifically the mom the mom and pop video stores oh yeah i mean blockbuster was fine i ended up working at blockbuster some years down the road but blockbuster. <laughs> it was okay it was so expensive it was but i i have some great stories about blockbuster <laughs> but uh <laughs> just go into a video store i mean that was uh, another uh just hang out for oh, yeah. me like every weekend i would go and i'd pick out two to four movies i'd have my friends come over we'd spend all like all saturday night or something wired up on uh coke the uh <laughs> the, the, the real drink, thing not the, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we'd watch horror movies until dawn it was great yeah and just the vibe at the video store and browsing and you know the wonder you'd oh, walk yeah. into one and just go oh wow yeah I mean you'd there's nothing you'd spend like more it. time picking out a movie than if you just actually just watch the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly I still do that with Netflix <laughs> well see that's what everybody uh, relates this to it's like well you can do that on Netflix it's not nope. the same I know I'm just saying I, st- I still spend yeah. as much time picking out a movie <laughs> well right that was something- yeah. And every video store was different. You know, there's always some movies that you found in every video right. store. But, I mean, because these were little mom and pop shops, you know, store A might have a copy of something. You know, wow, i never seen that before. Right. And this is before the internet where, you know, nowadays, I think kids are more... They're better versed in whatever they're into because there's so much more information Boy. there. But... When I was a kid, I didn't have that. So, I mean, every time I went into a, a horror section or action or whatever, I always found movies I'd never heard of before. Yep. And a lot of them were good. A lot of them were crap, <laughs> but a lot of them were good. That's the chance you took, you know. I remember, you know, finding Dr. Butcher MD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. You know, and thinking, what did I just watch? <laughs> And the final part to that, all I'll say is, because I'm rattling on, I do that. (laughs) Movie, like VHS cover art. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. I cannot... How many movies had so much better cover art than the actual film? Well, let's... I mean, you would look at this and... I was going to say, let's fly forward into the now and look at how much of an impact the show Stranger Things had just on on its... not not even the show. The show was great, but not even the show, but just the cover art for the you know, the Netflix yeah. series. It had the Stephen King font and it had that throwback uh, 80s art. Yep. And how how much of an impact that had. And that's just one show out of yep. 
out of thousands. That's a lost well, absolutely. art. It is. And and you're, you're talking about how impactful it is. Well, yeah, back then, everything was kind of cloaked in that, in, in that style. And then you fast forward uh, 30 years, and one thing cloaks itself in that style, and it's embraced by everyone. They all want it. Yeah. And we're not we're not talking just just people like us. We're talking like it's a social, you know, it's a phenomenon. That's that matters, you know. That that mattered a lot to a lot of people, and it yep. still it still resonates. And I feel so bad for. I mean, nowadays movie poster art sucks. Yep. It is photoshopped crap. It's usually a row of heads looking slightly <laughs> concerned about something. Or a man and a woman leaning up against mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, or it's all blue and orange because those those colors contrast well. And it's the same thing. Or a, a tough action guy looking over his shoulder <laughs> at you. How many posters have you seen that on? Or that big thing, um, the, the new Carrie poster was this way. The Oh, the close-up yep, on the, the face with the yeah. text? With the, te- with the giant yeah. text, yeah. But, I mean, you look at, like, three on a meat hook. <laughs> That's not a good right. film, but the poster was awesome. <laughs> or like the mutilator. mutilator. Yep. Still, yeah, that's not a good film. That's an amazing poster. Mm. How many of you stood in the aisles staring at the box work for I Spit on Your Grave before oh, you actually yeah. watched that yep. movie? Yep, without a doubt. Man. Because Especially with those short shorts. Yeah, that ass. <laughs> I was born late 75 so um a lot of the stuff that we're talking about like a lot of the movies you guys are talking about i've seen but i'm obviously in the wayback machine so i'm like and 11 12 years old right now i'm not allowed to watch that stuff so right. I'd, I'd sit there and in the video store and like stare at the videos just to be like what is going on like yeah. what what is this <laughs> what's happening and, you know old friday the 13th movies and you know, I, I, for whatever reason, I remember just, I, ne- I actually, I don't even think I've actually seen the movie, but Kiss of the Spider Woman, that cover, yeah. that cover on that VHS was just, wow, what is this? Put a lot of work into that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I, when I was six, we moved from Houston to uh, Portland, not Portland, Oregon or Portland, Maine, but Portland, Texas, which is right across the harbor from Corpus Christi, which is a very very small town i think they're they're somewhat famous because whenever it was settled they had to actually go through and kill a tremendous amount of rattlesnakes before they could start building houses so it's yeah it's it's kind of a weird place but like you said small town quaint on this side of the harbor and you know people would go fishing and everybody worked in the oil business and it was very it was in in the eighties. It was very nineteen fifties America. It was it was cool. Ride your bike everywhere. Everybody knew everybody, but we didn't have malls. We had yeah. K, we had Kmart. If Kmart didn't carry it, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we were we were very. When I say we, I'm me and my friends. I have a sister, but she was very very young at the time so she's just kind of the brat that i'll talk about from time to time but she wasn't really there other than to she she was the villain in the story but uh very small town 
video games were almost non-existent because there weren't that many convenience stores and there weren't a, there wasn't a mall so there was no arcade um, right everything was the video store riding our bikes around and e-man gi joe that kind of stuff just being yeah. a, being a kid so i guess if i was six it would have been like 1981 that we moved there so right at the beginning of the 80s, you know, I'm getting He-Man guys and G.I. Joe guys and Transformers for Christmas. So why do I love the 80s? Drop yourself. Be, be me at six years old. <laughs> and wake up on Christmas Day and just have like a mountain of He-Man guys and G.I. Joe guys and Transformers. That was a good. That, that was a good year. <laughs> so. I'm glad you mentioned the not having a mall thing because the reason that we had to have my friend's mom take us to the mall is because where I lived there was no mall. We had a Kmart. We didn't have. I mean, we didn't have Walmart back then. It was ages before. Actually, they still don't have a Walmart in that area. Well, so, man. Um, it was just you. Know, you had to go to the suburbs to go to the mall, and. We were like in the city, so we had to get her mom in to. The city. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. Um, there was something. Oh, we didn't have. Oh, we didn't have a blockbuster either, because blockbuster wouldn't come to that area. We didn't have so, a blockbuster until the '90s. They were late to getting out in our area. Yep. We had like two little video stores and we would go to both of them but that we had the main one that was like right up the street the 1081 <laughs> yeah. and again the small town I was in the population was right at 2,000 people so no Kmart no Walmart nothing all you had was little mom and pop shops the arcade was basically an old brick building from the 50s that they just threw a couple of consoles in and a couple of pool tables with a jukebox that played Jack and Diane nonstop. <laughs> and, uh, so that was the place where you kind of hung out with the kids that weren't going around and smoking in the back and all that stuff. Everybody hung out downtown in the square, which was really just, when I say the square, we didn't have a square. It was a square parking lot. <laughs> and uh, you basically just hung out there. I was not allowed to hang out down there because that's where all the bad kids hung out so uh, uh, I would basically just walk around with my jam box that uh, we talked about uh, or you saw the pictures out on, on the Facebook page and I just walked around blasting a lot of old kiss uh, just walking around man and then uh, worked my way up to a 10 speed then I got smart and met my wife, which back then, you know, my girlfriend, because she's two years older than me, and she could drive. Oh, nice. And, uh, <laughs> nice. So that worked out great. So I dated a blonde that looked like a very young Goldie Hawn that drove a red Mustang. And, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lucky dude. <laughs> I was going to say, no wonder you like the 80s so much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh and, I was, uh, and you guys already know, I'm just, I'm a goofball, so girls weren't interested in me. I mean, I was the kooky guy that everybody invited to parties to entertain people, because I didn't mind doing the Pee Wee Herman dance or something like that, <laughs> or do a little Bob Goldthwait, you know, you know. <laughs> I used to do an impression of Bobcat. Let's hear it. <laughs> After, oh no. <laughs> Come on. That was 
was way back when when Police Academy was. <laughs> Me too, man. That was my favorite Police Academy. Oh, part two. You can't tease us and not deliver. I don't even remember it. Uh, Come on. It's not. It's not hard to do. You just need to snort real hard and kind of yeah, <laughs> kind of whine. <laughs> Let me, let me tell you a little story about a little boy named Billy. <laughs> I absolutely love that. He was like, was that little fat kid to you? He's like, hell no. No, no. I used to beat him up. It's like, why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Just unexpected. Uh, did, you, you, did you ever see a stand-up show that he did back in the day? Because he would... He would because he would say things like, I lost my job. Well, I didn't really lose it. It's just when I go there, there's some other guy doing it, right? And he's like, I lost my girlfriend the other day. No, I, I still know who she is. You know, but just, just when I go there, somebody else is doing it. <laughs> and he talked about a guy breaking into a bank or, or with, and holding up a bank with a screwdriver. He's like, could you imagine what that conversation was? Okay, give me all your money. I'll make your glasses real wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry we became the Bob Co- Goathwaite show. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings up a good point. God, stand-up comedians were so good in the 80s. Oh, yeah. 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 And then, well, you could make you Eddie like, you can, Murphy. Yeah, without a doubt. You can make things, make fun of stuff, and people didn't get offended. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. You got a lot of comedians yeah. now, like Jerry Seinfeld, who, I've, you know, he was more popular in the 90s, but he's coming up in the 80s, and they're like, dude, you couldn't say the kind of stuff we said. And you're like, no. Sure. You're a clean comic. He's like, still. <laughs> like, I'm a clean comic, and I couldn't have said a lot of stuff. It's observational right. humor. Wow. Eddie and Richard Richard. Everyone Pryor is and, so touchy. Everybody was just like... I, dude, I, I just remember, like, my biggest concern being being a kid, not... I didn't, I didn't care about this, that, or the other thing. I was worried that my dad would hear the F word coming out of my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I, right. I, I would have my headphones on, I'd be listening to some music, and especially, I mean, I was older too, but like when Guns N' Roses came on, I was like holding those phones like tight to my ears. <laughs> so, like, you cannot let this stuff escape. <laughs> An- anthrax, I'm the man. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, whoa. <laughs> like, you. Wasp? You can you can oh, wasp, yeah. yeah you can jam as hard as you need to jam, but as long as you're not using the f word, dad doesn't notice. But if he hears the f word, right. he's gonna he's yep. gonna come tell you about how that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what Brian was saying, man, you said it all a while ago, man. Eddie Murphy, you know. <laughs> oh hell yeah, delirious, man. I mean. Delirious and Raw. Yeah. Those two movies. I mean, and that was back in the day when they did stand-up movies. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And Delirious is one of the greatest ones ever, man. Oh, hell yeah. You know it backwards and forwards, man. Yeah, she came up out of the water with her head. She said, goody goo goo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was it Delirious where he was, oh my God, that bit about... Him being poor and his dad working for the toy company, so he had to wear a twister mat to school. And like when the kids beat him up, right hand red, left foot green. (laughs) Oh my god! Everybody always splits him up by saying this. In Delirious, he wore the red jumpsuit. (laughs) Right. And in and in Raw, he wore that purple velour jumpsuit. Look like you stole it from Prince. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've got an ice cream and you don't have one. 
Mr. T, I hear you've been telling jokes about me. <laughs> no, you didn't. Maybe I did. I'm going to go beat up the fool that told me those lies. <laughs> Classic man, and I was I was a Carlin fan, so. Uh, oh hell yeah! Man, Carlin at Carnegie, all those shows. Uh, my sense of humor is because I listened to way too much George Carlin. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't think there's such a thing. Because <laughs> if there's someone who was never afraid to speak his mind and and tell it like it is, it was Carlin. Oh hell yeah! And that's the kind of comedian that I always respected and I always loved because they always had the balls to say what everyone else was thinking. Yeah. But, and now, they're kind of neutered in that respect. Oh, you know, you can't... Carlin would not exist in this day and age. No. He couldn't. There would be protesters outside every one of his shows. Yep. Well, people had a fit over the recent... Dave Chappelle. Oh, Dave Chappelle. Oh, the yeah. Recent oh yeah, that's right. Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle specials. People had... Had a fit over those, and I thought they were hilarious. Oh, yeah. I was just yeah. like, "Good on you, man!" Yeah. And I even said it at the time we were watching him. I'm like, "Good on him." I mean, some of this stuff nobody would have the guts to say. Yep. Yeah. And then, I mean, there, people are just too uptight. Yep. And then, of course, they you know everyone watched him, and then people had a fit. So you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and there's there's a, a ton of movies that you know if you go back to the 80s and stuff, you're just like, man, they, there's no way they could make that now, you no, know, just because no. it would it would just offend so many people because people are just too sensitive about everything. Hey, you know, it's a movie, it's a joke, it's you know. Well, I remember being a kid and being like I said, you know, being being younger and my dad, you know, God rest his soul, like I, I confronted him on some of this stuff after I was a grown up because as for, for what it's worth, I, I did make it through the 80s. Um, you know, like that whole satanic uh, heavy metal phase where everything was a witch hunt. I, I was front and center on that because I like Def Leppard and apparently they were evil somehow. Um. <laughs> well, same here. I was like the poster boy for what you shouldn't do. I mean, heavy metal music, check. Right. <laughs> Horror movies, check. Hell, I even played Dungeons and Dragons, and everybody Ooh. knew Satanists made that game. So, still do, by the way. <laughs> still do, by the way. But I, when I can. But when I was a kid, you know, it's like coming, you know, coming up, you know. I'm I'm trying to put ages, but I'm talking like 11, 12, 13 years old, and mm-hmm. Dad's being like. You know, he's kind of coming heavy-handed on some of the stuff I like, and that's a time whenever you're kind of coming into your own and being who you are. And as as stupid as it sounds, you're not gonna you're not gonna give up on Def Leppard because Dad doesn't like it. That's just gonna make you dig in harder, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, but I made it through, and then come to find out, Def, Le- Def Leppard was nowhere near as incendiary as like Marilyn Manson or Slayer <laughs> or you know, some of these other things that uh, Dad wishes that you know, he, he wishes that Britpop was still playing whenever Slayer starts coming out, right? <laughs> like, again, I'm like 12 years old listening to Def Leppard and, and you know, Slayer starts popping. Um, not Slayer so much. I, I was never been a big fan of Slayer, but like Megadeth, Metallica, you know, uh, Anthrax, those guys. And yep. all of a sudden, can we put that genie back in the bottle, please? Can you go back to listening to those... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
get through the 90s, get into the 2000s, get married, have kids, be grown up, buying houses, getting married, and you know, sitting there chatting with dad. I'm like, dude, you put so much energy into Def Leppard. <laughs> he just kind of shook his head. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you have to choose your battles sometimes, and I chose a bad one. <laughs> I was like, all right, vindicated after all these years. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you chose poorly. Well, my dad was was a musician, still is a musician, and uh, and uh, so I grew up with uh, my dad saying that he had me raised right. I was doing good, listening to Conway and all this stuff, and then they said I messed up and bought you that darn Kiss record, and it ruined everything. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I had the mom that came in holding up my record, explaining that it was Knights in Satan's service, and I was oh, wow. listening to this, and so I lived. You know, I lived that story, and uh-huh. uh, it never stopped me. I never, never swayed. Kiss was everything for me growing up because it was that yeah, you believe in something, you know, and uh, not the devil. It was just you know, it was just rock and roll. And uh, I got detention in the third grade because Toby Daly and I were talking about Kiss. Wow. Oh, cool. Talking. That, I mean, we the teacher just overheard us. When and. We both got detention. <laughs> and the teacher was his grandmother. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that that's why then. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also a private Christian school. I went to one of those. Well, that's why. I, I went to a private that's Christian why. school when I was a kid. <laughs> and you know how, like, toy guns have to have the orange barrels on them? Yeah. I, yeah. Like, go, go and Google some toy guns. I had them all. I had them all. I had Uzis. I had M16s. I had pistols galore. I had shoulder holsters. I had the Rambo thing that clipped together that made like six different guns. (laughs) And me and my friends used to go to school and shoot each other at recess. That's what we did. It's like we would learn some math and look at each other and be like, I got you. And then they'd let us out for recess and we'd run around shooting each other with these fake guns that looked real as hell and uh the teacher would be like okay okay put your guns away it's time to learn whatever and uh it's like god like red dawn and you know those kind of movies oh man dude i was gonna save my family i was going to absolutely save my family (laughs) because i had an arsenal and i wasn't gonna let no cubans come in here um Red, Red Red Dawn bothered me because they were in Colorado and it bothered me because I dude this came out in like 84 I think so I was like 9 Red Dawn and I was able to watch that that was a that was a PG-13 movie I think that's the movie that the first right. PG-13 movie and it bothered me because Red Dawn happened in Colorado and it bothered me that they would get so far north before somebody discovered they were coming, right? Yeah, they got to go through all the southern states to get there. That's not happening. But I lived in Corpus, <laughs> which is which is like a naval base. It's a, a port, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, if they're coming, they're going to come through here first. We would be Red Dawn before those guys ever knew what was going on. They'd be watching it on the news while we were getting tore up. So... <laughs> I'd have all of my guns loaded with caps. <laughs> like I was ready to go. <laughs> I had my backpack full of flashlights and comic books. So like I'm gonna go. <laughs> when those Russians start, when those Russians start coming down, I don't know. I'll hit yep. them with a stick. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> so I, I refer to that as the Rambo generation. That was it. That was 
That was the influence, man. And Red Dawn, man, Red Dawn scared everybody. I oh, mean, absolutely. that movie had some impact. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. For uh, for me, living in Warren, I was about three miles away from a major tank plant. It's now gone, but it was one of the biggest tank plants in the U.S. Because, you know, Michigan, Detroit, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, uh, man. I was a kid, and I knew for a fact... If any nukes started flying, I was dead. Because this tank plant probably had ten of them pointed at it just to make sure one got through. And I was like, well, you know, after watching, like, uh, the day after, I don't want to be living the day after. (laughs) So I was kind of, I was weirdly happy with, well, there'll be a bright flash, uh, and I'll be gone, and... It'll suck to be everybody left behind. Yeah. Right. Now, that is the truth. That is something I remember vividly. And I talked about once before, and Mike Merriman had actually got into a thing about it because he's a little younger, so he doesn't remember as much. But I was terrified. Yeah. And movies like The Day After, uh, there was a book that I read around the time called After the Bomb course it was tv shows a boy and his dog and then just the news mm-hmm. oh i love a boys and dog um I, I would lie in bed at night staring out the window just waiting to see it and cry myself to sleep Aww. and back then i mean that's when i was going to the private christian school so back then i would pray every night before i went to sleep and, and no lie every night i would pray that if it happened, it would land directly on my head. Yeah. <laughs> I did not yeah. want to survive it. Yeah. yeah. That is really heavy stuff for a kid, you know? But it was oddly comforting that, well, you know, it'll be quick. There'll be a big boom and ah, That's and it. then yeah. done. So it, I won't have to be hacking out a lung, you know? That's what. During the fallout and all that. And that's what's weird to me because, you know, we look at the, this time period. As such a fun, free time, but there was that concern. So, you know, my daughter was is infatuated with the eighties. She said, Y'all just had so much fun. You didn't worry about the things. I said, Well, it's different because we all assumed we were gonna die. Like tomorrow. <laughs> right. Well yeah. You know, between Did yours between the outbreak of AIDS and mm-hmm. and the threat of just the Cold War and, and Star Wars and all this you pretty much just assumed well, tomorrow we're gonna die, so today we're gonna party. <laughs> and that was yeah. pretty much the mindset. The reason that the 80s are legendary is because people had a I don't care attitude, let's just party. The 80s was that generation that was left without any kind of World War II people being right. in charge. So I think, like you say, it was kind of like, oh, well, all the gatekeepers are gone. At some point, somebody's going to push the button. So let's just yeah. let's just flash some neon. Right. <laughs> like, like, let's That's go ahead. Exactly right. Well, here's something that... Uh, I don't know if you had them in your school, but when I was a child, I grew up with quote unquote uh, storm uh, <laughs> drills. Oh yeah, where everybody, oh, okay, it's a storm drill. We'd all get under the desk, you know, duck and cover. <laughs> and it wasn't until a few years later, I'm like, we ain't preparing for a storm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fallout. That's a nuke New, drill. Nuke well, no, they actually told us straight up what they were. See? They didn't try to hide it from us. They told us. They told us exactly what was going on. And we also had a fallout shelter in the basement of our school. 
Wow. I don't think we did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up with that, and I don't think kids have that this no. now. They might have, like, random school shooting drills and all that, which is horrible, which is, too. But Yeah. Well, it's, it's a shame that that's even a thing. I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, never once... The whole time we were in school, was that even a thought of somebody no. coming in and, and doing nope. something like that? Never. Well, Absolutely not. The, the, the thing is, and as bad as it sounds, like I said, I'm a re- re- relentless podcast listener. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the podcast called The Hardcore History Show, but basically this guy, he he takes eras in history and anything from like World War One, World War Two, all the way into ancient history, and he does episodes that are in like five and six hours long, and then he has multi, uh, like part one is like four or five hours long, and it just goes and goes and goes. But he also does another one called Common Sense, where he takes eras from history and then he puts them through a modern lens and talks about how just context, and he talks about how like. In 2017, we've got the entire world focused on terrorism and, you know, we have military stuff and everything's on standby and blah, 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 blah. On our current worst case scenario, they're afraid of like a dirty bomb hitting a city and having casualties into the tens to maybe hundreds of thousands, which is yeah. nothing to to sneeze at, but it's... It is what it is. He's like, put that in context. Basically, from 1947 to 1992, the best case scenario was like 4 billion people dead. Best case scenario. Like, if we run all of the all of the scenarios that we can possibly do, we're like, most of the population's gone. And most of the planet's unlivable. And that's... That's the 80s. Like, whenever they were running all yeah. their calculations, best case right. scenarios, worst case is worse. This is, like, the best they could possibly figure out. And so it's like, you think you live in intense times. Roll, roll back a few years, and you realize that yeah. it's quite a bit worse. That's that's exactly what created, like I said, the, the whole mindset of what made the 80s so fun is because people just said, yeah, I don't care. Let's just yeah, let's, let's just play. have fun. Everything is so heavy. Let's do something. And and that's what I was telling somebody uh, earlier. Uh, not this show, but some other stuff. Is I'm an escapist, man. You know, the music I listened to, the movies I watched was all escapism. It was getting away from how crappy life really is, <laughs> and it helps you deal with the situations that go on in life. So that's what those things are to me. I, I never really wanted movies that that I'm totally related to, even though, you know, you have soft spots for things, but I wanted to take my everyday problems away. And that was the 80s mentality. And I think you can pretty much narrow it down to one thing. So, so yeah, you're talking about all the stuff you're, you know, you were just describing of wiping out billions of people. And our answer to that was a band called Poison. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, because they were, they... They were the party band, you know. Yeah. There's well, contrast that with like Iron Maiden. Yes. Yeah. And that back, was my my music of choice. And I loved Maiden, oh, but me too. you know, back in the day, two minutes to midnight. Yeah. I didn't even know <laughs> what that meant. To kill the unborn in the womb. I mean, I didn't, yes. I didn't know uh, happy lyrics. I didn't get the two minutes to midnight <laughs> reference. Like I didn't. Yeah. Right. You know. 
And now I look back on it and I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So I think really when you break all this down is you can narrow it down to really one word that describes the 80s the best. And being I'm crazy and kooky as I am, I decided to put this word into a song. Of re- course you did. Replacing <laughs> another word. It's amazing that you can replace one word and the whole song still makes sense. So here you go. Here's the 80s in a nutshell. Exciting and new Come aboard <laughs> We're expecting you. you And drugs Life's sweetest reward Let it flow It floats back to you The drugs Something for everyone Set a course for adventure Your mind on a new romance See, it makes sense And drugs <laughs> Won't hurt anymore <laughs> It's an open smile On a friendly shore That was awesome. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I'm warped. <laughs> God. I just just realized that one time. I was like, you know, you could take the word love out and replace it with drugs, and this song still makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for the 80s. This, these are the thoughts that kept me out of the really good schools. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Charlie Murphy, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, just just excess, and and I think that's just uh, we grew up seeing that. When name another time when you had a show called The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Because now if you're rich and yeah. famous, they want to like you know say that you stole it from somebody or you don't you're supposed to share it with everybody. We had a show where you're like, yeah, look at all this crap. You'll never have this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be jealous, bitches. <laughs> Now, if you have shows about celebrities, it's because you want to watch them beat each other up. Yeah. <laughs> or they're train wrecks. You know, it's, Take that, Tanya Harding. Fail. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the climate. I mean, you know, if someone is successful, nowadays, the thing to do is to watch them fail. Right. And that is so depressing. Yeah. Crazy. But back then, everything was, you know, well, think about, like, Dallas. Yeah. And Dynasty. These were sh- these weren't shows that you could relate to. I mean, later on, we got things like Roseanne, where everybody could relate, you know. Yeah. But it is vicarious wish fulfillment. Yeah. It's I wish I was like that. I wish I had all those millions like Jr. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Island. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey boss. Hey boss. They playing. They playing. <laughs> <laughs> everything was about yeah. Everything was about things that you wanted or that you. I don't know. They yep. 
It was there was cars and clothes and yeah. just everything. Even the hair was big. Everything was <laughs> everything was larger than hair. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's. I miss big hair. I, it's I like Vegas too. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I, man, I, I'm going to say it. There's pictures out there of me in in a zebra skin jacket with my hair up as tall as it'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Texas, so 80s hair to me really is dudes with mullets and chicks with, uh, with, uh, like, angel wings, like the poofed up hair and, like, the winged out. The girls, in the the 90s, the girls, like, started doing that tease-up thing where they take their bangs and curve them back and, like, grow them really, really big. (laughs) But, But in the 80s, it was, like, feather hair on the girls and mullets on the guys. Like, hey, man. Southeast Texas, what you gonna do? They, they had to country, they had to country fry something. <laughs> like, I remember how I was a kid and like I wanted long hair so bad, and I, I would grow it right up until my mom would say it's time to go get a haircut, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> then, then I was thwarted, and I'd have to go to the next. <laughs> Did any of you guys ever have a rat tail? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, had, I had one for a little bit. I was gonna say Ricky uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My cousin had one, and I just I used to want to cut it off all the time. I hated that thing. <laughs> Was, did, he, did he braid it or not braided? He did. Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I had typical '80s metal hair. Went down to about the middle of my back. Nice. Oh yeah, and, and that was kind of a problem because it hid the, the 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 you know rock and roll patch on your denim jacket on the back. Yeah. So it was kind of an issue. <laughs> Which I also had. Yeah, of course. Man, I had many of them. <laughs> I gotta say, God bless my mom. I mean, my dad wasn't in the picture, but my mom was, and she just let me be me. I mean, it's why I watch all the horror films. It's why I listen to heavy metal. I didn't do it to rebel. It was just what I was into. Yeah. And thankfully, she had enough faith in me to, uh, you know, assume that that devil music wasn't going to rot my soul or those, uh, you know, horrible horror. And she didn't like horror movies. I mean, she liked scary movies, but not the, like, the blood and guts I was in. Right. Yeah. Ricky, did you have a goodie comb in the back of your pocket? No, I did. no, I didn't. I, that was that was a. Uh, I grew up with some of the guys that did that, and I was like, yeah, man, you know, it's not going to do me any good. My hair is just <laughs> Steve Perry straight and thin and fine, <laughs> so it don't matter how many times you comb it, it's going to look exactly the same. <laughs> Plus, with a bowl cut, it didn't really help, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do the thing where I would hold the sides of my hair like I would tease the hell out of it. Like tease it to within an inch of its life. (laughs) And then I would hold the sides out spray them like crazy and then hit it with the cool shot on the blow dryer (laughs) just to make sure that the hairspray froze (laughs) and nothing moved. I had a switch comb. Remember, oh, like, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, hell yeah. Remember, I had a butterfly comb at one time, too. Like, it's, wow. Um, butterfly knives, like that whole ninja culture from 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But man, I had a I had a switch comb. I got at the fair, kind of like the kid, the the two dollar kid on uh, uh, yeah, better off dead. That's what, that's what I was gonna say. You want to open it up and go. I want my two dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I was a paper boy too, man. I'm sure. Oh, look out! I'm sure there's some old fart out there that still owes me two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, did I love those ninja movies from the 80s. Oh, yeah. I still do, honestly. Okay, so, oh. fu- fun, funny story here. So, like, my, you said you went to school with a, at a private Christian school. So did I. And my parents were good friends with the pastor and the family. So, they had a kid that's my age, and they had a, another kid that was my sister's age, and then they had another kid that I don't remember that well, because it's been 30-some years. But, small town, Southern Baptist, preacher's kids were freaking crazy. They were allowed to do oh, yeah. so much oh, still so are. much stuff the that, was, that we were not allowed to do. So, we loved to go spend the night over at their house. The dad would take, he, he was bootlegging, which is fine. But then he would bootleg, like he would dub bootleg to regular VHS, and he would like edit out the cuss words. <laughs> but he wouldn't necessarily do it right. So you'd have like you'd be watching Ghostbusters or whatever, and it's like, let's teach this prehistoric bitch how we downtown. Oh, wait. <laughs> you, you, you hit the wrong button, right? Um, <laughs> You hit the button too late. It's okay. But uh, I'd go over to his house, and we'd watch Rambo, and we'd watch Karate Kid. And this kid had a trampoline, and we'd jump off the roof onto the trampoline and then do flips into the yard or into the pool or whatever. Oh, man, it was like ninja-tastic. So we were ninja tastic. <laughs> we were out there like cutting cool ninja moves, like jumping off the trampoline and kicking each other in the head at like eleven thirty at night, which to us was like the middle of the night. It was like deep, deep, deep middle of the night. <laughs> and the his dad comes out. He's like, "What are you doing?" Like there was no bedtime. Nobody ever said we had to go to bed. We were here. Finish the movie. We're gonna go out and play. And uh, they called my parents. And God, I was in so much trouble. We had taken uh, red. I guess it was Sharpie. It was some kind of red indelible marker. And you remember GI Joe? The ninjas in GI Joe had that like broken line yep. dotted uh, tattoo symbol. And we put yep. that on our arms. And I remember my dad being like. Who was on my dad? This was my mom that was like so pissed. My dad came and picked me up and went back to bed. My mom's like, what did you do? I was like, oh, we were just playing in the backyard. She was like, can I have to come over and pick you up? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, what is that? She thought we had like done uh, Blood Brothers. She thought we had cut this symbol into our arms because I had like this red running marker. <laughs> I was like... 10 or 11 years old. I didn't even know what that was. I was just kind of like, why am I in so much trouble? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> and Grizzly Adams. That's what... I, I We did Blood Sisters when I was in the third grade. Damn it, the third grade. Everything happened in third grade. <laughs> it was a big year for me. But... Plateaued. <laughs> uh, two of my best friends and I, one of them is still my best friend. She was the maid of honor at our wedding. Um, we did Blood Sisters because of Grizzly Adams. Yeah. And <laughs> we um, didn't want to cut ourselves. 
So we were on the playground at school, and each one of us picked a scab. Oh. <laughs> we each picked a scab and then rubbed them together. <laughs> it's a good thing y'all weren't playing uh, Man Called Horse. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man. But, like, one of us had an elbow, the other one was a knee, and we're, like, rubbing our knees and elbows together, and... Um, you know, yeah, that's something people wouldn't. Know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, third grade story for me. Uh, you know, they let the kids do show and tell, and kids would bring, bring like Peter Pan records and all that stuff. Guess what I brought? <laughs> Kiss, de- Kiss Destroyer and Queen News of the World. <laughs> nice. nice. One album from the devil and the other one with a giant robot stabbing the band with its finger and blood dripping off of it. And those, the rest of the class were just looking at these albums scared to death. And of course you can imagine when you know you start playing the beginning of you know God of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> and the looks on the faces, man, was just awesome. <laughs> I don't think I got to bring anything after that. We had a parents' day one time, like career day, and a lot of the kids were bringing their parents in to talk about their careers. My stepdad at the time was a butcher, and he came in and he brought all these photos of just butchering meat, and (laughs) they're very graphic. And so, but it was like a binder. And so he was passing this binder around the room. Kids were crying. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and I was, I was just like, yeah, my dad's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you made the kids cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, coming out of this, we're going to take another little short break and we'll be right back. 80s flashback. 80s flashback. Gag me with a spoon. It's 1982. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go, make it grow together. We're gonna find our way together. Taking the time each day to learn all about those things you just can't buy. But you just can't take a break. Chew Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. The cool, refreshing feeling of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum puts a little lift in everything you do. That nice, fresh flavor, that crisp, clean taste. That Wrigley's Spearmint pickup is going for you. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum really keeps you humming. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum keeps you humming along. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum really keeps you humming. 16 million times a day, people everywhere enjoy a refreshing little lift chewing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, the cool, refreshing flavor that keeps you humming. It picks you up, it keeps you going. That Spearmint feeling's coming through. That little lift, it gets you. Puts a hum in everything you do. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum really keeps you humming. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum keeps you humming along. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum really keeps you 
Mom, can we play the radio all night? All night. Good thing I bought the Energizer. <laughs> Of all leading brands, nothing outlasts the Energizer from EverReady. Nothing outsnaps it, nothing outadds, outwalks, outplays, outtapes, outshines, outlasts it. Nothing. The Energizer even outlasted Susie. The Energizer, Energizer, for life. Long life. Is this necessary? That was my skull. I'm so wasted. Is this proper? What is it that gets inside your heads? <laughs> is this educational? No, but it sure is fun. Hey, bud, <laughs> let's party. See Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where only the rules get busted. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 20th at theaters in your area. Check newspapers for short times. Electric Avenue. Rock it in the night. Take it higher. Electric Avenue. Rock it in Miami. 
this is Head McMahon, and you're listening to Dude Looks Like the 80s. And now, here's the 80s Hall of Fame. All right, folks, welcome back. We are going to jump into something uh, new we want to do with the show here as well, and that's going to be a inductee into the 80s Hall of Fame. So this is our very first one, and we're going to take turns throughout the, the process of this show, of everybody taking different turns, but uh, this time it, it's in the hands of Mr. Brian Salmon. So, Brian, what is your pick for 80s Hall of Fame? Okay, well, um, it's a film, and this film is why I started thinking about a Hall of Fame for the 80s because this movie is quintessentially 80s. I can't imagine it existing any other time. But I was trying to group movies into, like, groups, I guess, so we could discuss them later on. And this one really couldn't fit with some of the others. So Hmm. I just thought, well, hell, make it its own thing. And that is The Goonies. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Hey, Mike, go the map! Whoa, do you guys realize what we could do? I don't want to go on any more of your crazy Goonie adventures. Meet Mikey. I gotta go fast. Brand. Andy. Shame, shame. Come on, Brand. Slip with the tongue. No, I can't even look. Mouth. I gotcha. Now get out from behind her. You're ruining the pain. You're ruining my job. Stephanie. Data. Boy, Bango. Ow. Yeah, isn't that neat? And Chunk. Flopped. They call themselves the Goonies. They've stumbled onto a legend. But they're not alone. <laughs> Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. No. That's the it. Sounds like calm. Discover what they uncover. Rubies and emeralds and diamonds. The lost map. Oh, fist out of the tunnel. The secret caves. Hidden clues. The treacherous traps. Hello, Sheriff. I'm at the Lighthouse Lounge. And I want to report for a murder. Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Take the oath. Join the adventure as Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Absolutely. Rocket. I loved this film, and it was... It was such a trendsetter at the time. You know, there's been other Goonie-like movies that followed it. None of it has ever surpassed the original. But there was that... It's an adventure for kids, but it 
it doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't coddle you. Right. Um, it's not overly, you know, bloody or violent or full of profanities. So, I mean, it's good, wholesome kid stuff, but it treats you, it treats the kids with a little bit of respect. It doesn't try to talk down to them. It doesn't, you know, play it easy for them just because, well, they're kids, so, you know, by nature, they're morons, so we've got to, you know, <laughs> talk down to them and make everything real nice and easy. I mean, back in the 80s, and truth be known, 70s, but, uh, Kids were given some credit. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't go mm-hmm. out of the way to horrify them. They didn't go out of their way to, you know, gross them out. But they didn't treat them with kid gloves. I mean... Right. Well, look at things like the gate. Yeah. You know, or gremlins. Exactly. <laughs> I yep. loved that yep. movie when I was a kid. And Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Monster Squad. Yes. You know, I mean, Dracula calls a little girl a bitch in that movie. <laughs> 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 but... That was a kid's adventure film, you know? Yeah. But being being a kid around their same age at the same time that this movie was made was, was very much... Um, it, it was definitely a fantasy, you know, but we were allowed to run around on our bikes and our backpacks and oh, get yeah. into stuff. And, you know, I remember I lived in this small town, you know, that... There was a house that had burnt down. It was still structurally there, but, like, it was all cinders. And... You know, we used to go kick around in there, and, you know, my buddy's dad had a stack of Playboys or whatever, and he'd gank one, and we'd go sit in there, you know, in the burnt-out house, and, you know, it was, it was very Goonies in in reality, you know, and so whenever the Goonies came out, you could easily identify, like, those kids are us, um, and how cool would it be if one day you're just on some one of your many adventures, and you did stumble on a pirate treasure, I mean... Yeah, you know it's it's certainly possible. What gives uh, archaeologists that that sole um, ability to, to to stumble into a room and find something cool? You know, like it's every kid's fantasy to find pirate ship and pirate treasure and all of that. So I wanted to be Indiana Jones when I was a, when I was a kid. Well, I, I did. I mean, I used to play Indiana Jones. <laughs> of course, I was girl, but hey, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have a story that I swear to God happened. I've only told it a few times and people don't believe me when I say that it happened. And I'm not going to go into it here. This is a teaser for some, you know, episode down the road. But me and my friends, there was a river out behind where we lived. And one day we just got to following it. And we walked for miles along the river. And we found something that scared the hell out of us. And we never (laughs) found it again. Oh, wow. And the few, the few people I told this to, they're like, no, that didn't happen. Yes, it happened. I mean, I wasn't making it up. I didn't have a fever dream. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was very much like a Goonies adventure. So yep. uh, I, I love yeah, this movie. Watching Stand By Me. <laughs> yep. This is embarrassing. But watching Stand By Me made me cry because I hadn't done anything that significant at that age. <laughs> and I just, I, I felt insignificant. I felt like I was a failure because these kids were adventurous and they were going out and they were risking their lives and they were doing what they perceived to be important things at the time. And I hadn't done any of that, you know, not anything like that. Like I'd never gone searching for, a, I don't know if I wanted to go searching for a dead body necessarily, <laughs> but 
I hadn't done anything that really risked my life, you know, and I just, it was, it was horrible. It was a horrible feeling. So we kind of lived vicariously through and kids in these adventures. Come on. Who wouldn't want to have friends like the Goonies? Absolutely. Oh, those, yeah. those guys were awesome. And everybody right. had their strengths and their their personality yeah. traits that, you know, they all balanced each other out. It was really fun. Dealing with relationships and, and you know, that falling apart because you're part of the crew. You get lines like, Andy! You Goonie! So, you know, just the delivery of, you know, the Goonies comes first. Goonies never say die. And, and yeah. you know, that that's... that's uh, that's just something that kids really latch on to. And to me, it goes all the way back to E.T. with the kids getting together, you oh, know, yeah. trying to get him get him back to his ship. I mean, I, I remember finding that so exciting because the kids were doing something and the parents weren't really involved. They were on a mission to do this. And this movie just ups it, you know, ups it up another degree of well, just It's because it's a whole movie, you know. E.T. Right. has that part. But this movie from Word Run, it one, it's the kids doing their own thing. They're not against the adults, but the adults don't play. Well, I guess they're against the criminal adults. But, you right. know, they, their parents don't play a real part in this. And, you know, right. they're going to save the day. They're going to save their parents' house. and That's know. why Stranger Things did so well. Yeah. Abs- it, absolutely. It well, touched on that. And that's something yeah. we don't really have that much anymore. With Goonies, it didn't condescend the parents. It didn't make them... Uh, you know, either an active or inactive role. She was preparing her house for being sold. The dad was at work, so it it wasn't like they were just smarter than their folks or anything like that. They just they're, they're just at home playing and they're out of school, and they come across something neat and they investigate it. You know, so it didn't. There, there's a lot of those movies, especially post Goonies, where it's like the kids have, you know, the world weariness and wisdom of an Indiana Jones and. If anybody tells yep. them anything, they just, they've either got, you know, the little tagline of either like, I'm too old for this, or, you know, don't touch me, I'm just a kid. You know, like, don't ask me, I'm just a kid. You know, it's like, yeah, it's all tongue in cheek and plays with reality. But with Goonies, it was very, very real, and that's why it resonated so much. And it had the awesome booby traps. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I love little traps and tricks and puzzles like that. Um, and it was scary. I mean, yeah. Oh, when sure. you finally get to see One-Eyed Willie and why he's called One-Eyed Willie. I don't know, yep. something about that, I mean, I could I could take it if he had two eyes and he lost one. Well, that happens. Life sucks. <laughs> um, but when they show his skull and there's just only one socket there, something about that freaked me the hell out as a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and that's the other thing too is this leads to down that path again of us growing up and becoming kind of horror fans. This has got that gateway horror thing in there where it's it's got a little scary stuff, but don't scare me too much. You know, it's just enough exactly. to 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 exhilarate you and and start looking for other things that feel like this. And you said it while ago. This movie's kind of its own thing. You can group it with maybe ET and things like that, but really, it's its own thing. There, there's not yes. really another movie. Stand by Me would be a more realistic version of this. Yeah, but. Uh, Oh, there's other movies in this kind of subgenre, but I don't think any of them captures what the Goonies did. I mean, right. that really was, uh, totally you know, agree. lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's always talks of a, a sequel. You know, they're still kicking oh, that I around. Of... <laughs> it's funny. I heard uh, Corey Feldman was on a podcast. Um, he, he, and they were at... Oh, you know he's hoping. Well, they, they, they asked him about it. Like, what's the with the sequel? And basically his, uh, his response was that, well, first of all, Richard Donner's like in his late 80s or early 90s. And nobody would do it without him. Um. Also, like you said, it was lightning in a bottle. They would have to have, like, as an ensemble cast, they'd have to have a perfect script. They would have to have the director back. And it would have to be, it would have to pay tribute to the original and further the story, as opposed to just having, and, and he he called it a circle right. jerk for, for money. Yeah, um, a retread. And, um, Maybe he learned something so, from the Lost Boys sequels. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, so he says, you know, I'm in if they do it, but the likelihood is going to be is pretty slim. But it's also like I said at the beginning, I can't imagine a modern Goonies. Oh no, I can't. I can't imagine a '90s Goonies. It is just so perfectly of that time of the '80s that maybe it's just me, but I can't. I can't picture it anywhere else. Yeah, I did enjoy Super Eight, but it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, even so, like you, you look at ensembles like in Stranger Things, it, um, they're they're all taking place back in the '80s when things like this could occur, where kids could ride yeah. down the street on their bicycles without helmets, right, and unsupervised and stuff like that. Because now, no, I, I believe yeah. there's city ordinances against riding your bike. Yeah, <laughs> don't go out with don't go out without your hand sanitizer. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so. so yeah, everything's well, coated in rubber. <laughs> right, like when well, we were j- kids, you oh. were suspended thirty feet over a slab of concrete on the monkey bars. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you had the slide that was made of metal and baked in the in the sun all now, day long, and you'd take the layer of skin off the oh, back yeah. of your thighs when you went sliding down. <laughs> Nowadays, there's a park. Uh, where I take my dog for a walk, and they just put up a brand new little jungle gym and swings and all that. And I looked at the ground, and it looked weird. I went over there; it's soft foam, mm-hmm. and this yeah. is an outside park. Yeah, that's everywhere. <laughs> I mean, that's how it yeah. is right now. That that blew my mind. I was like, "What is this?" Liability. <laughs> I mean, we were lucky if we didn't have broken bottles all over the ground. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> What, Jamie, anything particular stick out to you in this movie that, that just screams Goonies, one of your favorite things? No. Every time I try to think of something that sticks out, I get like five or six different things keep flying at me. So I guess... But that's great. What's that telling? <laughs> what that's telling me is that it's pretty much the whole thing. It's just yeah. um, there are a lot of memories there and a lot of parts to love. You know, like... Baby Ruth is my favorite candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the whole scene where they where they get Chunk and they say, "All right, tell us everything." And he just oh god, goes, yes. <laughs> oh, he tells a story about throwing the fake puke in the movie theater. Right, <laughs> so perfect. I will still reference that every once in a while with my friends, just to like, and in the third grade, <laughs> some people get it, others don't. Uh, yeah, and that that just stands out to me because he's he's balling. I mean, he's really revealing everything, and they're just like, "What's up with this kid?" <laughs> he's and, he's uh, totally spilling the beans. He's like, and, he's and not the, holding back. <laughs> 
And these bad guys are just perfect for this. They're just the right amount of bad guys. They they could have been bad guys on the old, you know, Little Rascal series. They were oh, yeah. that caliber of, of bad, you know, so it, it just Speaking works. It's that, got a magic to it. This Donner. is kind of an aside, but I liked it. The the other day at work, there's I work with this guy who's like twenty five. Okay. And he was watching something on his phone the other day and he was laughing hysterically. And so I wandered over there and I was like, What's up? And he's like I just love this show so much. And he was watching Little Rascals. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, this is the funniest 20 minutes you'll ever see. And so he turns it to me. He's like, watch this. And I was like, well, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It was the, man from the Wild Man of Borneo episode, which is oh, it's hilarious. Great. But uh, Yeah, that's, an, that's another podcast. I could do a Little Rascal podcast. <laughs> I but that just that made me series. smile, you know, because... He yeah. got it from his parents, actually. His his um, mom and dad are big fans of them and the Three Stooges. And oh, yeah. That just took me back, because that stuff used to be on TV all the time. Right. And that is the Goonies. I mean, you think about some of the stuff the Little Rascals did. It's the Goonies. Oh, the yeah. one where they right. found it, where, where Spanky falls asleep, and, they, and he dreams they're going in there and stealing the gold from the giant and all that. I mean, it's 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 the Goonies, you know. <laughs> and, uh... So yeah, fantastic, man. Anybody guess anything else to say about the Goonies? My one regret about it is they didn't have the octopus scene. There yeah, was I've heard a scene originally. Yeah. And in fact they actually mention it at the end when I think it's uh what's his name? Dade? Data. Data? Yeah, he's like yeah. and then the octopus came and you just think he's making up tall tales, but no, originally they did have an octopus fight and I guess it just didn't work on fi- on film. Yeah, one other little trivia bit. Apparently, that boat, the the ship itself, um, they they put it up for sale, or they put it out like you know you can. It's free if you want to come get it because they needed the room, and nobody took it, so they ended up scrapping it. Oh wow! Yeah. How could nobody take that? I, they must not have advertised it well, because somebody would have snapped that up. I, I know, man. I don't know. Sometimes you see that stuff. Um, like the reused props and stuff that that they've used from different movies, like movies to movies, and um, like the like the stormtrooper armor from Star Wars and stuff. Like yeah. the the, orig- the original stuff was not put together well because um, they didn't realize that the paint, the white paint, wasn't going to stick to that type of plastic, <laughs> and so it all flaked off and it was nasty. So they just threw it all away, and they made all, all new stuff for Empire. And you're like, man, <laughs> what you wouldn't give for an original Stormtrooper costume, right? But yeah, you yeah, could, that's a that's a small business right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, yeah. So you could have had a right. you could have had a Goonie ship for for free, I guess. Yeah, that's. I crazy. would have so put that in my backyard. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that being said. Goonies, if you haven't checked it out, if you're a newbie to this and you're thinking about this, if if you want a slice of 80s Americana, it's the Goonies, man. You have to check it out. Highly recommend it. All of us are back backing this up. It's a definite watch. You have to check it out. So, Goonies, we salute you. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for our very first episode. Hope you enjoyed it. We've got Facebook page. We've got 
Gmail, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram. Hey, let us know what you think about the show. Also, if you're listening on on iTunes, get on there, give us a little review, give us a rating. That's the only way that people are going to notice this show. We appreciate you guys listening with us, and give us recommendations, or just tell us your memories that maybe we triggered a little something in this episode, and you just want to share it with us. That's what it's all about. It's just to take you back in that time. So, uh, if nobody has anything else to say, we'll all say goodbye, and we'll see you next time, folks. Bye! (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. See you, folks. Ultraviolence.